0: Manscape logo. Show sure your more off, loud, and proud. Go to manscape.com. Use the promo code State of Saints, and you will save twenty percent off of the lawnmower 4.0, as well as other Manscape items. That's manscaped.com. Hey, what's going on? Who that nation? It is yours truly TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast where we talk New Orleans Saints. And on this edition, we're going to continue our talks about Saints minicamp. But on this edition, we got some special guests here on the State of the Saints podcast from the who that nation chat line. We have CB and we also have Carly. What's going on, everybody? what's happening happening? how you doing tj yeah thank you so much for being here i really do appreciate you two being here being a part of the state of the saints podcast and just getting your take on uh saints mini camp man so thank y'all i appreciate y'all for being
1: here
0: thank you for having us us. no problem tj i had to had to calm down man that intro had me bobble my head (laughs) (laughs) hey that's what it's for man that's what it's for uh but um I just wanted to get your take, man. We're talking about Saints mini camp on this edition. Uh, there's a lot of storylines going around. There's a lot of new faces. There are a lot of interviews, man. A lot of guys like uh, Paulson Adebo talked to the media. Uh, we also have Nick Barnett, the new tight end. Uh, also, Chris Richard, the new secondary's coach. Uh, but let's go ahead and start with Paulson Adebo, the cornerback out of Stanford. Uh, six foot one, about 200 pounds, man. A, a good, smart, solid guy man and and the saints definitely need a cornerback i'm gonna go ahead and start with you cb uh looking at paulson adebo uh looking at his upside and his skills and ability do you think he has what it takes uh to you know possibly fill that role that janora jenkins left behind when he moved to tennessee
2: well the the way it's looking right now you know it's all eyes gonna be on him because you know the cam Crawleys and even if we bring in a Kurt Patrick, I think those guys are going to be, you know, some depth players. And Debo, you know, he set out, he set out in 20, um, you know, this past season. And the year before that, you know, where it was, you know, he was playing some first round, you know, type play. So, you know, we could be getting that a uh, first round type of play. We don't know yet. Um, so hopefully he been, you know, I'm pretty sure he been keeping himself in shape knowing that he, you know, decided to set out. I'm pretty sure he was in tip-top shape, um, you know, kept training. And, you know, we'll see. You know, I'm, I'm hoping and praying that, you know, he comes in camp and, you know, just steps it up. And, you know, and we've known for having, you know, he's not an undrafted guy, but we've had undrafted guys like a Callaway that came in, stepped up, Deontay Harris. They done came in and made their mold, you know, into a permanent position, you know, on the Saints. So, you know, Debo can do the same thing. You know, that position, the number two cornerback spot is wide open, you know, so he can come in, you know, just grit his teeth and you know, hopefully he get
0: that position. But I'm I'm eager to see what he brings. Yeah, Carla, what about you? What do you think about uh Paulson the Debo? Um, like I said, I mean he seems like a pretty well-rounded guy, but what do you think about
1: him? I'm one of those, one people, of those that people, people that I feel, that I feel like if you put a certain player in a certain system, they can excel in it. And I feel like he will be one of those players that I don't know what to expect from him performance-wise because I haven't seen him play yet. But I feel like regardless of what type of player he is, the Saints will bring out the best in him. And I feel like with the guys that we have, like him standing on the side of Marshawn Lattimore, and just him being even in the locker room with the safeties and Marcus Williams and all those guys, like when you have the right group of people around you, it can bring out the best in you. And I feel like, just anybody that comes to this same system has the potential to be bigger than what they ever thought that they could be. And with that that cornerback uh, position being a spot that we really need to fill, I feel like with the energy that we got in that locker room, he would definitely excel at it, and I think he'll do just fine. He got the right people. If you're a rookie and you're coming into a system that needs a specific spot filled, I feel like the Saints would be the perfect place for you to go with the coaching staff, the guys in the locker room, just the mentality that we hold. It's just so fun. It's young. You got guys that can relate to you. And then you can get so much information and knowledge from all these veterans because he's not going to be a cornerback coming into a position that's going to be filled on the other side by another rookie. Right. He got a, he got a you know, a, a former defensive uh, rookie of the year in Marshawn Lattimore. Like he has so much knowledge that's going to be there for him that
0: he is set up for success. He just has to want it. Yeah. I, I look at this guy and I think he's an extremely bright guy. Like I, I was no. listening to his interviews. I, I, he had, You can tell like he has a lot of confidence in himself and he knows football. I mean, mm-hmm. when, when he was getting asked questions, I mean, he was just breaking things down and I'm like, man, uh, the Saints got something there. You know what I'm saying? If he can actually translate that knowledge that he has on the field, uh, to like actually going out there and performing or uh, they got something in and, and one thing that I, I seen that stood out too was the fact that they were saying that he was actually practicing uh on the inside as well as the outside and that's something that the saints been missing for a long time you know the saints always get those guys in the second is rather they can do one or the other it's rather they excel on the outside or they excel on the inside they're teaching this guy how to do both positions uh but um, one guy that's teaching these guys now is Chris Richard. And, and all of these guys in the secondary from Malcolm Jenkins, from Marcus Williams to even Paulson Adibo, uh, he They talked about the passion that Chris Richard had. And, and um, you know, Chris Rashad, he, he was one of the masterminds behind the Legion of Boom back in Seattle when they had that, that dominant defense, that dominant secondary. And, you know, he had some, you know, a little spill with the Cowboys as well, helped them turn around their defense a tad bit. But, Carla, I start with you with this question. Chris Rashard coming in, replacing Aaron Glenn as the secondary's Coach, what do you think about that move?
1: Just so we're clear, um, a few episodes back when we first got him in the offseason, I praised this guy, and I said that this was the guy that they needed. I thought that this was actually a step up from who we just uh, who we just got rid of for him to replace because his knowledge of football, the fact that, you know, you got somebody that's, that's that basically molded a Richard Sherman, and then you got somebody with the talent of a Marshawn Lattimore that you can just take and, and just mold them to be better, help them understand the game more because there always room for improvement. I feel right. like this was the perfect guy to do it, and he's going to bring – watch how different this defense is going to look with this man. Like, I'm telling you, he's going to bring the best out of these guys that they've never seen before. Because when you get so comfortable like they was before, you tend to feel like it's nothing you can't do because you're just so comfortable in the spot that you're in. But he's Mm going to break down everything for you and let you know, hey, you thought you was good. Now, I'm going to show you why you're not good and make you great. I'm going to take what you already have and make it better. Like, he will humble you real quick. And I love that about him. And I think this was the perfect fit for him. I praised him when we first got him because I was excited because I knew the – you see all this potential that this man is about to have fall in his lap? Mm -hmm. Like it's a win-win situation. All they have to do is want it and work together. I'm telling you, it'll be unstoppable and and amazing when you see the results that's going to come if everybody put in the work
0: yeah definitely um you know Malcolm Jenkins was was talking about he was talking about the difference between Aaron Glenn and uh, Chris Rashard from what he's seen so far and he was talking about how hands-on Chris Rashard was I mean talking about like getting under these guys pads and teaching them like footwork I mean really like grabbing them by the waist and twisting them left and right and stuff like that yeah different technique so he was talking about man you know I just ain't never I'm not used to that type of stuff but CB Uh uh Chris Richard, you know, a secondary coach of the New Orleans Saints. What do you think about that move, man? Yeah,
2: um, a pretty good move. He is back in his position, you know, that he was up in Seattle. You know, I know he went to Dallas, you know, and it didn't, it didn't kind of go right that. I believe it was one season, you know, he had way, but you know, he's back where he molded, you know, the position he was at where the Legion of Doom, you know, got created at. Right. So, you know, he got a he got a younger Debo. And and one thing that I believe he affixed, you know, we, our DBs always had this problem, you know, with turning their head, you know, not, you know, they getting called for pass interference. You know, yes. that's that's yeah. been a huge problem, you know, with our DBs, not as much with Marshawn, um, you know, but like with Patrick Robinson, you know, and the other DBs we had. You know, we had a problem with turning, getting our head turned, you know, locating the ball. You know, we just look at the receiver and then just try to react off of that. But hopefully, um, you know, he not hopefully, I believe he, um, you know, going to definitely fix that. You
0: know, but, yeah, I'm definitely
2: excited to see what he
0: brings. Yeah, I'm just excited about it, man. They, they needed a, like a shot in the arm, this team, you know, in the secondary. Because, I mean, the difference between he and Aaron Glenn, in my opinion, uh, Aaron Glenn uh, was a former player you know playing this position you can tell like he was kind of teaching these guys like to keep their morale high you know what I'm saying when they miss a play or something goes wrong you know he's on the sideline comforting and consoling these guys letting them know man keep your head in the game but there was like very little technique being taught here with Chris Rashard I feel like there's going to be accountability as well as technique being shown and I, I just feel like you need that. And, and the Saints do not know how lucky they are to have a guy like this because, in my opinion, Chris Rashard should be somebody's head coach. The fact that he was out of the league last year and wasn't coaching nobody is a shock to me. Because the Saints having this guy uh, on their team, in their locker room, if something was to happen to Dennis Allen, I would be i would be elated. You know what I'm saying? If, the, if he was the defensive coordinator of the Saints. I, I feel like, honestly, they would probably step up as a, as a defense instead of stepping down um that's, that's just mine's opinion about that but uh thank you all so much for checking out the state of saints podcast those there in the chat right now uh we're gonna answer some questions from the who that nation y'all ready let's do it yes sir okay go ahead and start with uh let's start with jerry jerry uh y'all y'all familiar with jerry s-o-t-s and the who that nation chat line podcast tonight so jerry special shout out to you man thank you brother for being hey. here yeah man uh let's see cute, cute. Q says it depends on who will be the number two wide receiver. Jameis wants to go deep this year, but we got to hope Traquan and Callaway can be the ones to take the top off the defense. And that's the kind of the topic of the show tonight, you know, about the offense being explosive. Uh, we, we heard Traquan Smith talking about when he was practicing with Jameis Winston. Jameis was like, Don't stop running, you know, even if you're like a decoy player. If, you, if your route takes you down the field, just keep running. I can catch you from 50, to 60 yards. Do y'all think this uh, this offense has a tendency of being more explosive than it yes. was in years past? I, I'll start yes. with you, Carly.
1: Yes, absolutely. absolutely. And the reason is because with Jameis Winston, you have a guy with younger legs. You have a guy with a younger arm who can throw deep. He, he doesn't have to – I'm not going to say worry because this football and anything can happen, but in a sense – he don't have to be cautious of his arm the way that we were with Drew. We knew Drew had a limit because of his age and the, and that played a huge factor. But with Jameis and he having so many guys around him that's just young and they're all got fresh legs, we definitely have the the tendency to be explosive. He got his eye fixed so he can see better. The only my only issue with Jameis is his accuracy. Like I watched him last year. When they did the quarterback challenge that they do in this um right before the season starts, and his accuracy was really really bad, but I don't think that is gonna I, I don't think that it's gonna be that bad coming into the season because again it's been a year he's had a year under Drew Brees just to sit on the bench watch learn, and I just I just think that we're gonna be very explosive. I'm, you're gonna see Sean Payton get inside that playbook and do plays that we've never seen before because he got so comfortable and predictable with Drew. That
0: now he has to cater to Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill and the talent that they can do. Yeah, yeah. What that's that's a good point, right there. You know, um, I, I'm just excited to see what this guy can do. You know, oh, I, yeah. I, I want him. I want to see Jameis change the narrative of what people think about him. Um, I, I want to see him uh, be able to uh, see what he can do in an offense that I feel like a, a coach is not exactly telling him exactly what to do. But actually utilizing the strengths that he has, uh-huh. um, the the, the skill set that he has and putting that together in order to make a quality product on the field. Uh CB, uh explosive plays. Do you see him coming for the New Orleans Saints in 2021? Absolutely. You know, but just like um, what Carly was
2: saying, you know, Jameis, he has to, you know, long as he can, you know, be better at you know his accuracy, you know, the, the long balls is definitely gonna be there. You know, we know this guy's a gunslinger. You know, but the accuracy—you know—he had to do his part as well as, you know, work on the accuracy. But like I was saying the other day, you know, he he has pieces to complement him. He don't have to, you know, he don't have to force anything. You know, be as aggressive if he don't have to, because you got a dog in the backfield. Right, come on, Ronald Jones. You know, he not is nowhere near as dynamic as AK is in the backfield. So you can dump it off, you know, kind of like 2011, you know, those offenses when when Breeze didn't have to force anything, you, you can dump it all to a Sproles or Pierre. I mean, we had guys like that, and that's what made our offenses, you know, just so unpredictable. Teams didn't know what to do. You know, now, you know, teams ain't going to be able to stack everybody up in the box and forcing Jameis to throw, you know, trying to force him to throw over his head. So we definitely got the – opportunity to be explosive i i think we can be you know right near the chiefs offer if if like i said you know james he you know if he does his part with the accuracy i think we can be you know just as explosive because we we got we can be you know unpredictable yeah the we got in the receivers the speed traquan traquan i think he gonna play better with um james you know, just the fact that, you know, he more of a deep threat, just like Emmanuel Sanders. He really couldn't thrive like that because last year, because, you know, he's a deep, you know, ball player. He wasn't able to, you know, execute that because, you know, Breeze on.
0: but Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I, I look at I look at uh Jameis Winston, uh the ability to throw the ball down the field. I think that when you look at Drew Brees, a lot of people didn't fear the Saints offense like they once did because all they were doing was playing the sticks. They knew nothing was going to go over their heads. I only can I can think how many times on one hand I seen an explosive play down the field, and one of them didn't, I mean a couple of them didn't even involve Drew Brees. One in the Kansas City Chiefs game when he threw the ball down the field to Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, there was two that Taysom Hill threw against the Falcons and one, I think, in both of the games that he played. And, of course, the Jameis Winston divisional round game when he threw the ball to Traquan Smith. But I think now you're going to see guys being able to respect the Saints' offense. You're not going to be able just to play the sticks and play the line of scrimmage and just think that you're going to get a, a dinking and dunking. If you if you don't look, then most likely Jameis Winston is going to throw the ball over your head. And not to mention, I think that he's going to be successful And they're going to have explosive plays because of the play action, man. You got to look at Latavius Murray, who can run between the tackles. Uh, Alvin Kamara, who can run in between the tackles. And you got to respect those guys. Both of those guys averaged uh, about five yards a carry last season. So if you think that, you know, oh, I I can play back, you know what I'm saying? Those guys uh, can get through that first level and that second level. Next thing you know, they can 10 and 15 yards. So guys going, going to have to take account of the explosiveness of those two running backs. And that's going to set up the play action for a lot of guys to make plays uh, in 2021. Man, it, it should be exciting to see. Uh, Tweety says, uh, some might say I am irrational, uh, irrational, confident in the offense this year. But between Peyton uh, tailing offense to fit the talents of his personnel, a quarterback with an arm to open up route trees and the old line stability, uh, the sky's, uh the limit. I, I absolutely agree with that, um, you know. Man, the fact that you you have an explosive offense and a guy that can get that ball down the field. Uh, Frank says with Chris Richard coaching, him talking about Adebo, and with his teammates showing him uh, the business, I think he would do well. I think Chris was a perfect pickup, especially since Glenn went to Detroit. That's a good point right there. Let's go to uh, Eugene. says, can't go wrong with the intelligence of a Stanford cat and a kid just sounds like a, a Peyton guy. Good fit. Yeah, let's, let's stop right there, and I'll start with you with this, CB. Um, Sean Payton and the, and the coaching staff, they do an outstanding job. Now, ever since, I want to say since 2016, when they had like a really, I, I have to say, a bad locker room. You had a lot of guys, a lot of knuckleheads, man, a lot of uh, tension inside of that locker room. But the Saints really did a really good job from 2017 on down, drafting the right players. Uh, what do you think about these guys that they're drafting and, and and the culture they created in the locker room, man? Well, he definitely um, getting guys. He the, the guys that's coming
2: in. It's like they're all. Um, well, well, no, no, no. I'm, I'm gonna start with Sean. I believe Sean. You know, recent he has started getting involved with the players, the the young wave that's coming in. You know, just stuff like the dancing and. You know, just being more involved with them because if you remember, you go back a good 10 years ago, you know, he was the arrogant. I mean, he still is, I'm pretty sure. But, you know, everybody was saying he's arrogant. You know, he stuck up. But, you know, now you're starting to see a more relaxed shine. He's starting to vibe with the young guys. And that's helping, you know, the locker room. You know, him doing the dancing stuff, I'm pretty sure, in the practices, he vibing with them. So that's just bringing he, – he's helped bringing, you know, the culture together, you know, so – yeah, these young guys coming in and they seeing that and, you know, that you got a Jameis that can, you know, help out with that, with the young guys coming in. Um, Yeah, man, the, the
0: culture is definitely um great. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they, they created a great culture. Carly, oh, what do you think about the culture that's, that's being set in New Orleans? You know, a lot of fans get upset. I was one of them. A lot of the guys that they selected last year, Cesar Ruiz, this year Peyton Turner but they always seem to turn out to be solid picks and guys that are high character guys. So what do you think about the locker room culture that uh, the coaching staff has created?
1: First of all, I think the coaching staff, their drafting is phenomenal. They always find diamonds in the rough and they're always find these talented guys that no one else think of. So when you, when we draft them, we're just like, wait, huh? Who is that? where they come from? Because they, they, they look deeper than the way that we look because we just look at these big colleges that are well known and we don't really look in the depths of of these d2s and d3s that got all this talent and as far as the culture goes oh man the culture we're trendsetters you can ask anybody that has anything whether they're from new orleans they went to school in louisiana that's in the nfl right now they will tell you how good this culture is for example about two years ago the new york Jets was dancing in the end zone when they made a defensive stop and uh, Jamal Adams got on TV and he said that he didn't like that. He said that's the New Orleans thing. They came up with that. That's theirs. Like, we're trendsetters. That culture is so contagious that once we bring something out, the whole league wants to do it. Everything that we've been doing, the league been doing it. And we, because we are the trendsetters and as far as Sean Payton goes, listen, he's just getting older and these guys that we're drafting, they're just getting younger. He can't stay stuck in his ways. He literally has to you know, change up his ways so that he can relate to the younger guys that he's getting if he wants to continue to be their head coach. Because now he has to work around their talents. The culture is contagious. And honestly, a lot of it goes to the fans too because the players can do one thing, but it's the fans that hype them up that makes it bigger than what it really is. Because come on, when you think of New Orleans, we already got Mardi Gras. We already have second lines. There's just so much that when you have players actually want to come to
0: the team just because of the locker room you know you're doing something yeah yeah no doubt about it and I, I definitely agree about the uh the culture that's been said I mean you look at the New Orleans Saints rather than celebration in the locker room celebration on the field they're the ones that created those things you know and and and, and Sean Payton he definitely had to change with the times I mean I, I've heard like on countless occasions Reggie Bush uh talk about it. he said man when I first got here in 06 he said Sean Payton wasn't the way he was. He said he was a no nonsense type guy. He said now you see strobe lights and stuff like that in the locker room, and you know him wearing jays and everything like that. He said you know you had to change with the time, so adjusting uh, to the culture and understanding okay the, the culture is a little bit different. This is a social media type world right here. This is you know what I'm saying a, a pop culture type world that I'm in, and it's rather I'm gonna get with it, I'm gonna get lost. Most coaches, you know, they kind of be like, ah, "I ain't trying to get down with that. It's my way of the highway." But Sean Payton, what has helped him, uh, be able to make this transition and help him to go into his 17th year, <laughs> is the is the fact that you know he's able to adapt and he understands, you know, he has to adapt with the time, or it's gonna, you know, he's gonna get left behind. So that that's that's one key factor right there, no doubt about it. Uh, let's see, uh, let's go to uh, cast here, cast the supporter, of the State of Saints podcast says training Paulson to become a traveler outside and inside dude will be a hybrid stud. I agree with that, man. He's a smart player. Somebody already alluded to it. He went to Stanford, so <laughs> yeah. that's, that's all that need to be said. Uh Lewis giving you a shout out, Carl said old oh girl spitting that fire. So yeah. somebody somebody uh saying you dropping them them dimes up in here, you know. Looking like Chris Appreciate Paul in the playoffs, it. you know. <laughs> Okay, Eugene says uh our lovely guest is laying it down on a difference. Uh Richard uh is making from a fundamental and uh and also a standpoint, uh good stuff. So Eugene, uh yeah, he's definitely making a difference, no doubt about that. Randy says, Lewis, what's up? Uh, I didn't know you messed uh with the Saints podcast. Uh man, look, man, I met look, it's all love here, man. You know, if we talking about the Saints. You know what I'm saying? We, we we all family here, man. You know what I'm saying? We all can learn, you know what I'm saying, and grow together. And that's what it's all about here, man. That's that's what I'm about. Uh, What would you say, Carly?
1: There was a lot of fans that was a little bit confused. I just want to clear something up because they were confused about Chris Richard when he was like, my last name is Richard. Of course I chose New Orleans. And I think that they were like, oh, that didn't make sense. But just to break it down, he was saying because his last name is pronounced Richard. Right. Richard. It's Creole, right? And that was the correlation that he was making with New Orleans for everybody that felt like it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense because it's not pronounced Richard; it's Richard.
0: Yeah, yeah. A lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people think his last name is uh, pronounced Richard. I mean, which you know, technically it right. is, but you know, I mean, uh, you know, the way that he uh, pronounces it, Richard. Yeah, it made perfect sense to me. Uh, shout yeah. out to my mom's best friend, Miss Rashard, you know. <laughs> 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 so uh, definitely made sense to me. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Lewis says, uh, Randy, uh, I see you keeping up with the squad. Who that? So we're giving a shout out to Randy there. Randy says, I'm the one, uh, one of those ones that's rocking with him from the early stages. Yeah, definitely, man. You know what I'm saying? Definitely been, been rolling for a long time. Loyalty, man. I mean, We got a lot of... Uh, support of uh, members of the who that nation no doubt about it man uh love doing this show love doing it uh ren says saints offense uh will be a lot more balanced uh and more explosive sean payton will be able to open up the playbook more and as long as winston keeps the turnovers down the saints will be fine uh let me start with cb with this one um Jameis winston has always been the guy that can have to carry the team from florida state to tampa bay when he was the first pick overall they never really had a good offensive line. They never really had a good running game. He comes to the New Orleans Saints that have both. They have a good running game and they have a good offensive line. Do you think that with those recipes, with the running game, with the offensive line, it's a recipe for success and, and Jameis Winston will finally show the league what he's capable of? I believe so. And I was just I was just thinking earlier today. I mean,
2: I, I, I seen his trainer came out, was talking about him, but – I, I just got this feeling, man. I I think he know the position he's in. You know, it's it's now or never. I mean, I'm not gonna say it now or never, but if he blows this opportunity right here, you know, first off, he might as well forget a bag. You know, anytime soon, a big bag, and then it's it's gonna be tough for him to bounce back from, you know. And it's you know, he's no shade towards Taysom. We we know Taysom. I want to see him in this gadget role. But right. if Taysom beats out Jameis, that's not going to be a good look on Jameis. Yep. You know, and, and then another thing, um, you know, we also got to look at his, his Tampa days. He had a different offensive coordinator every single year. And then, you know, with Bruce Arians, you know, yes, he did throw those picks. But something you was alluding to, you know, and you came on the show the other day, Tom Brady, well, let's not forget, he started off slow. You know, the first six, seven games, he started off slow. You know, he was on pace to throw a good amount of pitch. You know, and then what happens? A.B. comes on board. Bruce Arians didn't – he wasn't the leader for that move. It was Tom Brady. You know, Bruce Arians didn't want him. So you got that. Tom, he was able to step in. You know, he had that power and, you know, start doing stuff to cater him, you know, and everybody else on the offense. It wasn't that same type of Bruce Arians offense the second half. Jameis yep. didn't, you know, had that that leeway, you know, in Bruce Aaron's offense. So we got to look at that. And then he didn't have an offensive line in Tampa. Well, his last year in Tampa, he definitely didn't. You know, and then Ronald Jones, he's I, I see he, he's a good running back, but he's not an you know, elite running back. He's not an elite pass catching in the backfield, you know. And with us, we have AK Dynamic to run or catch, along with Latavius coming in. So he got pieces to – Help him out. You know, the weight is not on his shoulders. And then right. Mike Thomas, he got a, you know, security blanket there, which he had two receivers in Tampa, too. I, I, I know that. But, you know, you got a running back in the backfield, you know, that's a, you know, a star player. You got to account for everything. You just can't. You know it's going to be these two receivers in that offensive line week. So just get pressure on Winston. Make him, you know, shaky. And that's what they did, you know, it's last year in Tampa. Yeah, but I think we got the pieces to complement them.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely do. Uh, Carly, uh, when looking at uh, Jameis Winston being in a better situation, better, better offensive line, better running back. Um, I mean, CB talked about it, you know. I mean, you, you hear you see the struggles between Tom Brady and Bruce Arians early in the season. Uh, so I guess you can kind of say, man, uh, Jameis Winston didn't have that type of leeway, right? He he wasn't a, a six-time Super Bowl champion, you know? What I mean? Like, so he it really wasn't much he can do. It is only he can he was only able to do what Bruce Arians told him to do. Now you have Sean Payton, uh not afraid to put his ego to the side, willing to put an offense and a and a game plan around Jameis. Um, in order for him to be successful. But now he has a running game, offensive line. What do you think about that? Do you think that it will help I'm, him tremendously?
1: I'm hoping that Sean will put his ego to the side and work with James. Because for me, I'm a little bit different than y'all in the sense where if if Taysom Hill gets the quarterback position over James, I don't think it's going to be just because Taysom was a better quarterback. I think that if he got the position over James, it would, it would be because that's just the type of system, the offensive system that Sean Payton wants to play. He wants to cater his players around Taysom's style of play and not James's. So I don't think it'll be the battle of which quarterback is the best, but more so of which quarterback is going to cater to the way that Sean Payton wants to run his new offense. All right. And also can came through and catch the ball. Yes, there have been he's had thirty interceptions when he was in Tampa Bay. But just like with Drew Brees, you know when we lost in the playoffs against um um Tampa, no uh Min- the purple team Mer-
0: Minnesota. <laughs> the when the
1: came home and you know Drew Brees did an interview and they asked him, well, what happened on that on that last play? And he was like, you know, there was just a player who was at the time we didn't know, but it was Jerry Cook. They called the play and Jerry Cook just wasn't in his spot, so the play didn't work. Right. I say that to say, most of the time, it wasn't really James's fault. He can't throw and catch the ball. If he called the play that Bruce Arians told him to play, and if the receivers weren't in the play, then he just did what he was told, so there was an interception because, again, his receivers weren't where they were supposed to be. And right. this system with the New Orleans Saints, thankfully, he has more leeway, and this is a time where if he don't see the play, he can actually, you know, get out of the pocket and make a play out of nowhere. Not out of no play, whether that's whether he wants to use his arm, whether he wants to use his leg, or whether he wants to dump it off. He has so much more freedom to be him, to be a leader, to show what he can do. And with this team that he has around him, he's just set up for, you know, for success. And this is the this is the best position Jameis can be in with the players that he has. Because you can go to any quarterback, I guarantee you. I guarantee you, if Patrick Mahomes had a Elvin Kamara, a Michael Thomas, and everybody that we have on offense, oh man, he would got paid way more money than he got now.
0: Yep. I mean, you look, you look at uh, like he he had him. You know what I'm saying? Unfortunately, a guy like lied to the team, and he had Kareem Hunt. I mean, Kareem Hunt was right up there with him. You know, with Elvin Kamara.
1: Kareem Hunt, that's that's the stud. Like I don't care what he did. in
0: his personal life but him as a football player the guy is phenomenal yep i mean that, that tell you everything i mean it was it was plenty of plays where you know patrick Mahomes was under the rest he'll hand a ball up to kareem hunt kareem hunt go 80 yards made a play out of no play yep mm-hmm. yeah. so i mean james has that really for the first time in his nfl career so i'm pretty sure he's going to be able to capitalize on it. Uh, Q says, uh, expect the Saints to be more play action team this year. I, I agree with that. Of course, yeah. I, I agree with that. Both both running backs averaging about five yards a carry. Uh, yeah, it, it definitely going to happen. Uh, Sean Payton will create a monster in a good way with Winston. Yeah, he, he create Sean Payton create monsters by utilizing guys' strengths. You know, like yeah. anytime you go back in, in the archives, I mean, you look from a Devery Henderson, Robert Meech, uh Willis Snead. All of them, you know what I'm saying? Like he basically took what those guys did best and, and had a, a game plan around that. He never asked those guys to do something that they weren't comfortable with. And that's 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 why I feel like Jameis is gonna excel. He's not like it's not gonna be like with Bruce Arians. Like, I want you to do a seven-step drop and throw the ball down the field. No, if, if he feels like he's not comfortable with doing that, Sean is not gonna put in a playbook, he's gonna ball up, throw it in the trash. He's he's willing to build the offense around a guy's strength. And that has been his bread and butter since he got to New Orleans back in 06. and it's going to continue but that's to be that. that's the
1: same way. reason why we were so predictable with Sean and Drew Brees because he played to Drew Brees' strength. Unfortunately, everybody else in the league knew what Drew Brees can do too.
0: Right. Yeah, I think I think once uh like Drew Brees got into the twilight of his career, I think that's when like things just started to become way more predictable because he didn't have that element of throwing the ball down the field the way he once did uh jerry says uh that falcon video was hilarious <laughs> yeah uh, i don't know if y'all checked it out man i, I did a uh a falcon video uh you know about that about uh them losing julio jones and uh for those that uh wasn't here to check it out I, I have that clip for y'all y'all check this out hi my name is tj jones i am the host of the state of the saints podcast. And I know there are a lot of Atlanta Falcon fans out there right now that are hurting. You you probably have an emptiness in your heart. You probably have tears that want to roll down your face. All because your all-world, all-pro receiver Julio Jones is no longer with the team. Julio Jones, over 800 catches, 12,800 yards and 60 touchdowns. Some might even say that Atlanta will never find that type of production at the receiver position ever again. But this isn't a time for that. This is a time to reflect. And yes, I get it. It's a Saints fan. You ain't trying to hear nothing. I got to say, look, I understand. I know a little something about loss, but that's what I'm here for today to help you. As you close the chapter on a book that was written by a great receiver. This Is for the city of Atlanta.
2: How do I say goodbye to what we have? The good time.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's you a TJ Jones production right there. <laughs>
1: you you
0: really the best best picture. Picture. Yes, it is. Yes, 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 they, they thinking
2: that, well, they're thinking Calvin really about to take off. I mean, which you know, Calvin really, he a dog now, but I don't know if he's just going to be able to take off like, you know, they think he is. You know, people got him, um, you know, leading the league and receiving this year. I ain't so sure about that. You know, the focus was Julio. I mean, Calvin really was eating that now, but you know, the main focus was Julio. Now he's gonna be getting everybody's number
0: ones. So, mm. you see, so you so you, you think, think you it's think gonna, be gonna, gonna, gonna be like, like, a, like a, a, a uh Juju uh, Smith Schuster type of deal? You remember yeah, when Juju, you remember when Juju, like he had that big year when AB, you know, what I'm saying he was AB number two, then when he became a number one, he kind of took a step back. What do you think about that, CB? I'm well with what
2: Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley was way more crisp with his route runners than Juju was. So I believe, you know, that alone will get him open, you know. But far as him having the production that he's been having, I'm, I'm not sure about that. But I think he can still get a thousand yards. But I don't think it'll be a Juju Smith Susha style. I, I don't think it'll be like that. It'll go off like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that uh, Calvin really is a better receiver than Juju. You know, I, I mean, I seen last year he took a step forward. I don't think that was just a coincidence. I mean, I, I really seen like, you know, him emerge as being that that top receiver. Now, um, I mean, you're going to have to demand a double team this season, man. So, I mean, we, we'll see. We're going to see what he, we can bring to the table here. Uh Rudy says, uh, I started working out 100 burpees for 30 days. And I'm on day eight, man. Well, I hope everything work out for you, Rudy, man. You know, continue to uh, work hard. You know what I'm saying? Getting that gym, get your swole on. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure you'll get those results, man. Get summertime fine for them ladies. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> Nick says, uh, what y'all think about Zach playing uh, the wheel linebacker? Uh, Carla, I'll start with you on this one. Uh, what do you think about Zach Bond? Do you think that he's going to improve uh, year two?
1: I do. I do I do think he's gonna improve year two, because yeah, think about it. Year one, he came in the midst of a pandemic. You mm-hmm. they didn't get a preseason. We didn't he didn't really get to show his full potential of what he can do. But now that he has a year under his belt, they're still young, they're still fresh, they're still new to this business. You know what I'm saying? Now they can now he has he has to just mentally be prepared for it. He has now he should know how to, you know, read a, a playbook and, and, and learn it, you know, faster he can mentally be prepared for this because last year they didn't have all these opportunities the way that they have now, you know, they came under different circumstances. So I do, I do like that, um, him, uh, at linebacker, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. he That's one of the three positions that I was, you know, seeing, waiting to see improvement for. So I'm excited to see what he's going to do. I think he's going to do great.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, no OTAs, no minute camp, um, None of that stuff that they had all season activities, all that stuff was virtual because we got to keep in mind we are going through a pandemic at that time. And those went uncharted waters, man. Like, I understand that you had, like, guys that come in and they played pretty well, but that stuff is important and beneficial, and especially a Saints defense and offense. I mean, you hear about these players always talking about how complex the offense or the defense of the Saints is. And so if you don't have, like, you know, OTA's minicamp, Don't have that opportunity to really go out and be in a classroom, being among the veterans and and teaching you the little nuances. You can take steps back here. So I I understand why Zach Bond wasn't everything that we probably thought he would be coming out of, uh, you know, coming out of uh, college. So, CB, let me ask you this, man. Zach Bond here. Uh, Do you think that he will take that leap in in year two now that he has an OTA and a minicamp under his belt? I believe he um will definitely improved, but you know,
2: far as a wheel linebacker, um, I hadn't seen no kind of tape of him, you know, playing that position. You know, in college it was, you know, either he was, you know, rushing a passer, you know, or you know, he was playing a little outside linebacker, but he was mainly used as a pass rusher. Now what I think what I think has happened, you know, right now, you know, things can change, but what I think is We done brought in um, Peyton Turner. You know, we got um, Carl Granderson. You know, we kind of stacked, you know, with pass rushes. So I believe this is probably his only opportunity to really get some snaps this year. You know, because we know he, you know, we we running with two linebackers. And you know the might is DeMario. You know, I believe Will is the only spot that he, you know, has a chance at seeing snaps at because Davenport going to be getting snaps. I don't know who they going to put at the three technique. Um, They may put Turner there, but either way, Davenport and Turner, they going to be, if one of them ain't at the three, they going to be rotating in rushing. But I just, the way it look right now, I believe Zep Bond. this is the only spot that he has to really get a lot of reps at. And yeah.
0: So- yeah. Um, I mean, look, the only thing that bothers me, about this is if you're playing a wheel you got to be fast like you got to be one of the yeah. fast on the field because you covering the weak side of the field everything yeah. else is on the strong side so you have to run over to the the strong side where what most of the you know what i'm saying where most of the traffic is you got to be able to you got to be able to work man so zach boy must be pretty doggone fast man for him to play that position and you got to be the best you got to be the sure tackler I would have thought somebody like uh, P. Warner, you know, rookie out of Ohio State, would have been the wheel because not only can he cover running backs and tight ends, but he's pretty doggone fast to get from left to right. So I know he's practicing at the wheel, but I would be highly surprised if he's the starting wheel linebacker. I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at P. Warner to be that position like his first year, and then maybe him be uh, sliding into that Mike position. You know what I'm saying? Because Mario Davis doesn't really want to play the Mike position that much. He wants to be kind of that that free linebacker, you know what I'm saying, to play some of these positions and, and, you know, I'm saying, be able to rush the quarterback and stuff like that. He doesn't really want to play that Mike. So I can see Pete Warner transitioning to that position. But, man, you got to be a burner and you got to be able to cover. And we you just said it, CB. Most of the time he was putting his hand on the ground at, at Wisconsin, man, rushing the quarterback. That's not technically the role of a, what you would see in a well linebacker in a pro. So I mean that I don't know that it, it'll be interesting, man. Hopefully, we, we'll see some improvement there. Uh Terrence says uh Sean already knows Taysom is his starter. <laughs> that offensive line will have fun uh this season, punching people in the mouth, blocking for a heel, Kamara Murray. Meanwhile, Taysom is an underrated passer that will carve up defenses. Uh terrified already of his running game and playing eight and nine man fronts. Uh Terrence is a supporter of Taysom Hill. Uh Carly, I'm gonna start with you. Uh Taysom Hill, uh being a started quarterback of the Orleans Saints. Do you think that's a possibility? It ain't
1: happening. Baby boys in the fantasy world. He's talking about what he would like to see. But he ain't gonna see it on this same scene. Okay. Yeah. There is no mm. way in hell Taysom Hill is going to be our starting quarterback.
0: Oh, okay. Out. So you mean so so you mean you tell me that you're basically saying oh, Hell no, to the no, no, no Hell to the No So basically what you saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> all right, all right. So we got a hell to the Now right there from Carly. I mean, I mean, but why is it, okay, why is it that everybody just, uh, you know, what what do people see? Like, let, let's just go ahead and just eliminate the whole Jameis thing. When people say, when people see Taysom Hill, and they say Taysom Hill is going to be the starting quarterback, what do you think that they actually are seeing, Carly? I think they're seeing this
1: guy who is extremely tall, who got some length to him, and that can run. That's all they're seeing. But the thing that they're not understanding is Taysom Hill plays every other position better than the one that he wants to be. He's a better everything than he is a quarterback. First of all, he has to, he has to know mentally how to be a quarterback. And what I mean by that is there's a time to be a quarterback, and then there's a time when he's going to run with the ball, and he needs to know when to slide to give up the plate. He doesn't know how to do that because once he runs with the ball, he's no longer a quarterback. He's, he's now a receiver and he's running with the ball, which means they can hit him how they want to hit him. There's no more protection for him at the quarterback position, but he doesn't know. He doesn't even know how to slide to give up the play. How can he be a starting quarterback when he doesn't even know quarterback 101?
0: Man. I mean, I don't know, you know, but there's a lot of Taysom supporters out there, CB. There's a lot of, supporters I mean, I people support think him. that they're going to support him as a starting quarterback over Jameis. yeah i mean i fall into that category as well i'm more i feel like the saints are most likely going to have Jameis as the as the startup i mean but this is sean Payton we're talking about but right. cb i mean a lot of Taysom hill supporters out there i mean who do you leaning towards are you leaning towards taysom or are you leaning towards james winston no i'm leaning towards Jameis, and and the thing with
2: that just think about it. If you if Taysom starts, I believe that's gonna take the ball out of that's gonna take more touches away from the running back committee and possibly Michael Thomas. Cause you gotta you if if Taysom starts, Sean is gonna have an offense centered around Taysom. So what are you doing? You got a guy making, you know, big bucks in the backfield, then you got a hundred million dollar man at receiver if Taysom gets any kind of pressure, it's a good chance he's going to take off. You know, especially after watching tape last year, he's seeing how he just tried to stay in the pocket. He' going to take off more. That's taking, you know, that's taking snaps away from, you know, AK and, you know, Mike Thomas. But when you got a Jameis back there, you can utilize both. I mean, I, I know you, you can still utilize Taysom. He can still, you know, get in the game and do his, um, you know, Swiss Army Knife you know, tight plays. But I think it'll kind of take away from, you know, AK and Mike's, you know, reps, in my opinion, because you got to center the, the offense around Taysom. And, you know, if, you've, if you're if going to have Taysom dropping back, you know, more than he's taking off with the ball, you know, they're not going to do that. Yeah. So you got to make sure you complement you with your $100 million receiver, which he going to need the ball and then you know ak in the backfield
0: yeah i mean look i said the same thing i I was talking to somebody um this was during a time when nobody knew where julio jones was going and we had like a couple baltimore raven fans that came on here and they were talking about man uh julio he going to baltimore he going to baltimore i said no he's not i said julio not going to baltimore because here's the thing when you're a guy who had over 800 receptions twelve thousand eight hundred yards you're basically chasing history right now. And it's about legacy. And no disrespect to Lamar Jackson. I know he's a league MVP. I know he's extremely talented. But you just alluded to it, CB. He runs the ball a lot. When he's in trouble, he's getting out that pocket. And, you know, it looked dynamic. The crowd is happy. But guess who ain't happy? Hollywood Brown ain't happy. You know what I'm saying? Rashad Bateman, the, the newly acquired rookie, ain't going to be happy. These guys want to catch the football. And when you have a guy like Taysom Hill, like you said, going to take off and run, yeah, he's getting big yards. Yeah, he getting notoriety and fame. But guess who on the sideline upset, man, because they feel like they can do more? Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara. And I don't know if anybody heard this, or you probably paid attention to it, but Alvin Kamara is pretty straightforward. you a straight shooter. When they say, man, were you surprised? I think it was one game. I think it was against Philly. He said, were you surprised that, you didn't get at least one pass play, you know what I'm saying, on the screenplay when Taysom was in. He was like, "Yeah, man." He was like, "I would have thought, like, man, maybe one time i will get a pass." You know, he ain't even look my way, bro. Dudes don't say that unless they really mean it, or you know what I'm saying. That's like, man, trust me, they say all the right things, you know what I'm saying, because they want to keep those endorsements coming in and they don't want to rock the boat. But behind closed doors, man, they probably talking to Sean like, "Hey, man." You might want to be looking at uh, Jameis because I know Jameis is going to give me this ball. I know I'm going to get about 1,500, 1,700 yards when Jameis is throwing that football versus Taysom, who the, in the first line of trouble, he's going to be running out of pocket. He ain't going to try to stand strong up and then deliver it. So guys do talk, man, and these dudes want to get paid at the end of the day, man. I mean, they 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 team first guys, but at the same time, man, they, 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 want, they, they want that scrilla uh kim says no lie tj he's fast uh did you see him run up and hit that uh old dude uh that you heard it uh through the tv um i think it was the 49ers game i think they're talking about zach, uh, zach Bond. Talk About jack mckinnon oh yeah
1: yeah i mean I look actually, mm-hmm. actually talking mm-hmm.
0: about jack mckinnon actually talking about uh zach Bond because actually i was yeah. gonna bring that point up too about mm-hmm. zach Bond when you was like
1: he gotta be fast i was gonna say you better go ask jack mckinnon how fast he is <laughs> so I, uh, I, I her and I on the same page. She's definitely talking about Zach Bond and Jack
0: McKinnon. Yeah, I mean, look, I would expect for him to be fast because I mean, they got some footage going around YouTube, but him playing running back in high school, and I mean, home ball was like really, really good. Man, he was like he went up for over almost two thousand yards uh when he was in high school. So I know he can run, but I mean, he must be the fastest linebacker. I mean, you got to be fast, man, because you got to cover a lot of ground to be a yeah. real linebacker you got to be the fast you you I honestly have to be the fastest linebacker on the team uh let us see uh but I want Jameis to ball out I think we all do Roderick I think we all want Jameis to ball out uh Gigi says I'm wondering uh what has Taysom really done as a quarterback in NFL absolutely nothing mm, that's interesting uh I mean look he, he's done some things but not at the quarterback position you know I don't think he's done enough. I don't think he's done enough, you know. Um,
1: Absolutely.
0: Sean Payton had a whole year to scheme up an offense playbook uh, for a famous Jameis. Yeah, I think the second year in, in, in the Saints offense will do uh, Jameis some good, uh, year or two. Because, I mean, it was the same way with Teddy Bridgewater. A lot of people don't know. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater was it for the, for the Saints the whole entire year. You know what I'm saying? That second year, that's when he – started those five games. So he had a whole full year in the Saints uniform under his belt before he hit the field. I mean, I don't really count that week 17 game in 2018. I mean, they got two offensive linemen off the street just to get through that game because they had the one seed at that time. So I don't really count that game. But those uh, five games that he played, I mean, that was the second year as a as a New Orleans Saints quarterback. Uh, Eugene says, Taysom started me significantly less receiving touches for AK. I agree with that. I agree with that. <laughs> Michael Thomas, Emmanuel, everybody. Yeah, yeah. CB, let me let me ask you this, man. Uh, there, there's a there's a um uh well there, there's some talk going around about um AK Alvin Kamara uh being a part of that thousand thousand group, a thousand uh, yards receiving, a thousand yards rushing. Last year he could have had a thousand yards rushing. Of course, he missed those games due to COVID. Do you think that he can be a part of that exclusive club of a thousand receiving yards and a thousand rushing yards? Absolutely, this year. I mean, and just just think how he was
2: getting his yards last year. I mean, with, with defenses up, you know, in the box now, you know, he's going to – defense is going to have to, you know, play back. So that's going to get him more room to operate in. And I think we're going to – I think we're going to really bring the screen game back. That's why, I like, just back to the Taysom thing, I think, what well, Sean's Sean going to go back to the vertical style offense where, you know, throwing a lot of seam balls. And and then that's going to open up, you know, the play, play action definitely going to work. And then the screen game. So um, I think the screen game going to really, you know, help AK out. He's going to have more room to operate. So, yeah, he's going to have more. I believe he's going to have more, you know, breakaway plays this year. And I think he can get it. He can definitely get it. Yeah, look,
1: I, I think, look at the way this man is working out in the offseason, his training that he's doing. He's literally training as if that is the plan for him, anyways. Not to mention his rookie year and his, his uh his sophomore year. Those guys guys couldn't even take this man down. They was taking his extra small shirt and ripping it all the way to a 3x because he was so <laughs> hard to tackle. Like this man, the way that and it even goes back to what we were saying about the culture. He have people working out the same way that he work out. He's getting trainers to train. They're getting trainers to train them the way that they see AK is training in the offseason because they want to do what it is that he's doing because he's so explosive. It doesn't matter what you know about the play that we're going to call, how you think it's going to go down. Elvin is going to make a way to prove you wrong. Like, he's that strong. He's that fast. He's that versatile. He's just that athletic. And it's going to happen. It's definitely going to happen,
0: no doubt in my mind. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, the balance that this dude would have, I mean, the, the way that this guy can just uh, fit through holes, and, you know, you think that you got him down on the ground, I mean, his, his balance is impeccable. But, I mean, he's always talking about his uh, training and how he's coming up with different techniques uh, to uh, better himself as, as a running back. And, I mean, he, he gets better every single year. And, uh, I mean – he, he works out really hard, man. He works out really hard, and I mean, it's, it's paying dividends for his career, no doubt about that. Uh, Ghostface giving a shout out to you both. Uh, uh shout out to CB and Carly, who that fam, a uh, Ghostface griller, right there, a supporter of the State of the Saints podcast. And uh, I want to let everybody know that the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Uh, go to Manscaped.com for all of your male grooming. Uh, items. Uh, Father's Day is just around the corner, and the best gift for your father as well as yourself is a nice gift from Manscape. Manscape.com. Over two million men worldwide choose Manscape for their grooming needs. Use the promo code State of Saints. That's all one word, State of Saints, and you will save twenty percent off of Manscape items. And it, they also have free international shipping. And right now available is the lawnmower 4.0, as well as the weed whacker and other. Manscaped items. So go to manscaped.com. Uh once again, thank you, Manscaped, for being an official sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast. Had to pay them bills real quick. Cody said <laughs> uh Saints defense uh will make Jameis uh look like uh the poor decision maker he is in practice. Uh at least Taysom can make a play with his legs, is uh things breaking down. Taysom also knows the playbook way better. Uh, this is another um, you know, Taysom Hill supporter right here. Um I'm I'm gonna start, I'm gonna just say this. Um I I understand why people are getting like really excited about Taysom. Uh they, they look at somebody like Lamar Jackson, right? And the comparison that people have been talking about was Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, and they start to, you know, what I'm saying wrap Taysom in that same type of bowl. But Taysom as a runner isn't nowhere on the level of a Lamar Jackson Lamar Jackson becomes a running back when he gets out that pocket I mean this guy's like extremely elusive like this dude have guys turning around like I remember like one play I think it was like in the rain his MVP season they played the 49ers and they, they the guy thought he had him in a backfield and I'm talking about this dude put a juke move on this dude man left that boy in his like man left that dude in the backfield and gained about 15 yards Taysom is not on the level of a Lamar Jackson Taysom Hill has a lot of work to do at the quarterback position, man. And I think a lot of people look at Taysom Hill as a football player and not as a quarterback. They respect his skill as a football player, running people over, catching the football, and all the things that he do And I get it, right? When you see a guy working hard, doing well, it's almost like Andy Tanner, right? I know y'all probably know who he is. He was that wide receiver that kept on getting cut, kept on bringing him back, kept on getting cut. Now, you, you start rooting for Andy Tanner. You want him to make the team. It's the same way with Taysom Hill. People want this guy to succeed so bad. And I don't think that they're understanding that playing a quarterback position is completely different. I want him to succeed, too. But I'm just saying, game in, game out at the quarterback position, I feel like Jameis would be the best fit. Uh, Carly, I'll, I'll start with you on this one. I, I don't know. Like, Taysom Hill... I mean, what, what do you think? Like, what, what is it? What is it that people just think my that he has is, over Jameis? Uh,
1: I think, see, here's my thing that I want everybody to understand. What the, the real problem for me when it comes to James versus Taysom. You have to think think of it on a broader scale, okay? A quarterback can make or break a receiver. But when you have somebody like Taysom Hill, who's going to play your quarterback who can also play your receiver and take snaps away from your receivers. Then what do you have your receivers there for? If you are, if you're giving their, their opportunity to your quarterback, like I want my quarterback to be my quarterback and I want my quarterback to make my guys around him better. I want him to use utilize the weapons that he has around him. That's what they're there for. I don't want my quarterback having to risk his legs to get hurt because he, he thinks he can do it. No, like I said earlier, Taysom doesn't know how to slide and give up the play, which is why he always gets his ass smacked. <laughs> like you, you there's levels to this. And y'all like Taysom because y'all like him in a sense of him being a Swiss army knife. And again, we said he's great at everything else, but quarterback. The quarterback is his weakest link. Yep. that's the one that's the one spot that he's not that great at so mm. for y'all to want Taysom Hill to be the starter over Jameis Winston that's just your favoritism not your athleticism but that also mm. shows that you never play football and you really don't understand the game as much as you think you do because if you did you would not want Taysom as your starting quarterback over a Jameis Winston there's no way in hell you want that mm.
0: I, I, I mean I don't get it I, I don't get it CB um what is it about this Taysom Hill love affair between some members of the Who that Nation and, uh, you know, and, and Taysom? What do you think, man? Yeah, I, I think um,
2: just a few plays that he had, you know, throwing the football before he got the, um, you know, starting out when Breeze went down. You got that. And then the two Falcons games. I think they really looking at them Falcons games and thinking, you know, that's how he, you know, going to be moving versus everybody else. The Falcons had the worst 31st, I think the 31st, 31st or last, you know, pass defense in the game. You know, throwing the ball against them, I I don't think that's really nothing to, you know, harp about. But then, you know, when we go up to Denver, you know, a a pretty solid defense, then what do we have there? You know, Taysom wasn't leading the, you know, he, he wasn't leading the charge up there. You know, it was other factors that, you know, caused us to, you know, win thirty-one-three or something like that, but um, yeah, I think um, if if you look at Sean, you know, he loves a receiving tight end. Adam Traven is a receiving tight end, you know, but two tight ends, you know, he he loved to use that system as well. So, um, I think Taysom can, you know, get in that role as part of his um Swift Army package. You know, run them same routes. You know, he's fast. That's I really, like I said, man, I really don't know what people, you know, really see. I mean, people just looking at Jameis and they're looking at all them picks. But we just got to look at Tom Brady. You know, you we seen a significant change in his play between the first six to seven games compared to the second half of the season. I mean, because honestly, I thought, like, the end was was drawing near with him. Like, he was on on father time those first few games. You know, you know the media was trying to talk about, you know, uh, you know he, he got a. It takes time to get the offense. No, it was it was looking bad for him. And once he, you know, once he got AB on board along with, you know, getting that our offense out, you could see the offense change up. You know, you could see the, you know, the type of plays they was running. The offense changed up, so you know, and then. Jameis having those different offensive coordinators every year. You got to learn a new playbook every year. You know Jameis now this would be he had two off seasons of learning this playbook, but it'll be smart. Why Why wouldn't you want a, a extra dynamic player? You know that can be a, a you get in the slot. You You put him in the slot. You had AK in the backfield. That's just putting another threat. You know on the field. Why wouldn't you want that?
0: Hmm. Yeah. I mean look i'm look I'm about to just go ahead and just call the Spade a spade. You got a lot of members of the Hoed Nation that don't want Jameis to be the quarterback simply because he's black. You got another uh combination of individuals that that just feel like because he's African American he can't make decisions they, they you still got the the classic um absent minded people that' are still living in the stone age. Then you have people that that look at football. That, that look at these the sports shows and they get that stuff hammered into their head about Jameis, interception, interception, interceptions. But this dude was the first pick overall. This dude went to a terrible – like, when you have the first pick overall, your team sucked. You're not good. You're not good. You're the worst team in the league if you have the first, team, uh, first pick overall unless you made one hell of a deal in order for you to get in that spot. Nine times out of ten, you're the worst team in the league. This dude didn't have an offensive line. This dude didn't have a running game. This dude had a coach that didn't respect him as a passer because he just thought that his weight was the it was the highway. And then on top of that, look at Bruce Arians' track record. Everywhere he went, every quarterback that he has taught had a high number of interceptions. Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like all these different guys, man, like Carson Palmer, all of them had a high rate of interceptions. Even Tom Brady, like you just said, CB, he was on the trajectory to, to throw about 20, 21 interceptions until they changed the offense after the bye week. But nobody's paying attention to that. This dude only had like one season where he had a high rate of interceptions. Every other season, he was between 12 to 15 interceptions. You know who else had 12 to 15 interceptions? Drew Brees. Drew Brees didn't start throwing single-digit interceptions until towards the end of his career like drew Brees was doing 12 15 interceptions so i don't understand like why people just starting to look at that and make it seem like oh it just oh he just oh, got awful like like i'm just saying there's some people out here that look at this guy the color of his skin and they make that yeah. determination and then there's I'm other people ahead. that look at it yeah go ahead i'm sorry car go ahead
1: I'm so happy you said it because I didn't want to say it on your channel. That's I was actually beating around the bush with it. Nah. I, I, I really want. I just really. We want keep to it
0: real here, Carly. Like, we keep it real like, here. When, when
1: you, thank you. I'm. I'm glad I know that now because I really been wanting to say it, and I've been holding it in this whole show. Like that's the real reason. Because let's be honest, Louisiana it's a red state, you know. And I think that people just won't taste him because he's white. If you want Taysom to be quarterback, then if just based off of being the quarterback in the way that he played the quarterback position, then tell Sean Payton go out there and get Colin Kaepernick. Hmm. If we're going just off of his skill in quarterback in the way that he plays the game at quarterback, I know a black quarterback can, that can do that and do it better. If we're just hmm. going off of him being your quarterback, not right. his, not the Swiss Army knife, but him just being the quarterback, I know a black quarterback, a few of them that can do just what Taysom doing and do it better. But I guarantee you, you wouldn't like that. You wouldn't Mm -hmm. want that. But that's because of the the color of his skin. You want him because you want that white quarterback. You don't want to see that black quarterback being your starting quarterback. You're so used to seeing Drew Brees and the I don't see color thing. You think that the white is the right way to go to be a success on this team. And that's not it. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just not it.
0: Now, I'm going to say this. They got people out there, you know what I'm saying? They, they got a, some people out there that feel that way. But then they got other people, like I said, that get sucked up into this media uh, circus. And, and they, they just start to look at this stuff and they just, you know, feel like, okay, I, I watched this. They absolutely right. That's the reason I don't want uh, Jameis. But look, Jameis is the first pick overall. Jameis, to me, has better arm talent than even Drew Brees had. Throwing the ball down the field, being able to fit the ball in certain areas, he he's more he, like I'm talking about his arm talent. You can talk about decision making, all that kind of stuff, and as a quarterback as a whole, he ain't touching Drew. But when you're talking about arm talent, he has better arm talent than Drew Brees. If he can channel he- that and, and in the right situation, he can be a damn good quarterback. Straight and his
1: up, bro. Because Pete missed
0: the block. <laughs> uh, Terrence says, "Uh, what makes y'all think that Taysom not getting better? Uh, last year he went three and one." uh this guy going into the season knowing he's having a training cap battle just to be a starting quarterback you don't think this guy training hard oh it's not the fact that he ain't training hard you can train hard as you want to i'll put it like this uh let me see uh elvis Gervais back in the day he was the backup quarterback for the 49ers he can train as hard as he want to he wasn't gonna be a better quarterback than uh joe montana or steve young okay uh bubby brister you know what i'm saying i'm pretty sure he trained hard when he was the backup quarterback for john elway but he wouldn't be now, John Elway. Look, Taysom Hill to me, when it comes to arm talent, arm strength, ability to throw the football, deliver the ball on the run, and all, make all the throws, he ain't touching Jameis Winston. He not. J- Taysom Hill is going to have to change his whole. He gonna have to change like his whole his whole way of throwing the football, and even for him to be remotely close to what Jameis is. And, like, honestly, man, like it is what like it is what it is. Uh, Cody says, uh, no, Winston is a consistently poor decision maker for crab legs, Uber, and reading defense. Okay, see, this is a person right here. Shouts out to Cody. I know you watch the show a lot, but this is another person that's looking into the past and what is his past transgressions and and trying to bring that to the forefront. Okay, Mm -hmm. but let me go in and be devil's advocate here. If we're talking about poor decision making, let's go look at Alvin Kamara, who had to leave the University of Alabama because of poor decision making. Who was, you know what I'm saying, wasn't going to class when he went to that junior college and almost got kicked out before he went to the University of Tennessee. You know what I'm saying? Like, so if if we were just doing that based on a guy's past, will we have Alvin Kamaru, who is arguably the best running back in football right now? Will we have a guy like that on on our squad? Probably not. You know what I'm saying? There's other guys that have been on this this same squad who have gotten in trouble, who have, you know what I'm saying, has, has been in and out of trouble throughout their career. But guess what? you know what i'm saying those guys are still productive that has absolutely nothing to do i i tell people all the time i thank god that they don't have like footage of me when i was at jackson state university for some of the stuff that i did you know what i'm saying like y'all, y'all would look at tj jones a completely different way that's that's all that's all i'm saying man we can't judge people based on their past but let me start with cb on this one cb uh we see right here. You know, uh, Cody was talking about you know him being a poor decision maker, bringing up the Uber situation, bringing up the stolen crab legs, walking about the store when he was at Florida State. What do you think about this, man? You think we need to still hold this guy accountable for this for what he did when he was a you know younger? Nah, I mean, like you said, man, that just goes to show you
2: know that it's beyond football, you know, with people going against Jameis, and not said. Like I said, we we gonna find out. I mean, I want uh, you know I want Jameis to start. I think he's gonna start, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, we we will see what happens. But you know, Crab Legs, you know, the Uber. What does that have to do with, with him on the field? So that just tell you know a good bit of people. Not not everybody that's anti Jameis. You know, a lot of people, you know, is bringing up stuff like that. That's their issue. You know, Nasum, if you riding with. Okay, he's a poor decision maker. And that's it. Okay, that's football. That's football. You know, he has shown to make some poor decisions. You know, I can respect that, but stuff like the Uber driver, that's his personal life. That has nothing to do with, you know, what he's doing on the field.
0: Mm.
2: So, like I said, he he done growed up. And like you said, we all got a we all got a young college you know, a young college pass, you know, but we just didn't get caught. Jameis was at Florida State, they was competing. They was in the top 10, you know, compete for nationals. So he was getting, you know, when he done something like that, it was going to get aired out like that. When Kamal was getting in trouble at a JUCO, you know, University of Tennessee, he was down there with Derrick Henry, you know, they were stacked down there. So, you know, it really wasn't getting, you know, publicized, you know, what he was doing. But, you know, when you're a kid, you act like a kid. Now he's going to, he, he's going, you know, into a man. Yep. you know, when you 18 and stuff, to me, you still a kid when you ate eight, you 18, 19, you still growing up. You yeah, just not exactly getting on your yeah. own as, as a man. You know, you gonna have That's some true. traveling, and yeah. and you go you gotta grow Wait, up. You There's gotta grow
1: up. Not even on the things like if we really wanted to talk about like you can go into so many players' background and just and, and feel that way about them if you want to go off his perspective of James, for instance, and C B knows this. I'm a huge Taco Charlton fan. You know, I love Taco Charlton. That's that, that's my guy. Mm-hmm. But if we went back to his time in Michigan, nobody would tell you that when he was in Michigan, he got in trouble four times with the police for sexual harassment, sexual assault. Like there were so many things that he did that the public didn't tell you about with Taco Charlton that he's still in the NFL. And I don't care how many teams he's been traded to or he's going to, he's still making millions of dollars to do what he loves to do. You know what I'm saying? But nobody's judging him about his past. They just want him to go to the Kansas City Chiefs and play football and do what they're paying him to do. You know? Right. Like, you got to stop judging people based off of what they did when they were in college or when they were kids and teenagers. He's a grown man. Now, this man, Jameis Winston, changed his whole diet, lost weight. He went vegan. Probably Keto, if I'm not mistaken. You know what I'm saying? Like, he literally moved his family to California so that he can train better, just to clear his mind so that he just can focus strictly on his talent so that he can better himself. You ain't hearing any of that about Taysom.
0: Yep. Yeah. But you I see,
1: mean mean to be the quarterback based off of Jameis, what Jameis did at 18, 19 years old.
0: Yeah. I mean, these, I feel like sometimes, man, these... Some of these fans, man, they want these these guys to be quiet boys. You know what I'm saying? Like, like they look at somebody like Drew Brees, say all the right things, do all the right things, shake hands, kiss babies, and walk around with his family and stuff like that and almost, like, make it seem like it's a political thing. But everybody ain't like that. You know what I'm saying? Everybody is, is, is not that politically correct. Everybody don't walk around like that. That don't mean that a guy uh, can't lead a team. That doesn't mean that a guy can't win your football game and look if this guy could go out here and he can ball out then I ain't got no problem with him I ain't, I ain't sitting up here trying to worry about you know what I'm saying what he did you know what i'm saying when he was in school because like i said we, we're young when you're young you're impressionable i mean as a guy i know you know' what I'm saying? like when you're when you're in school you're young you're around you know what I'm saying like 15 to one ratio you know what i'm saying when it comes to guys to girls and You trying to impress these girls doing all kinds of crazy stuff and all that kind of stuff, trying to show how hard you is because you you heard that some of them like a rough neck, you know what I'm saying? You (laughs) you do crazy things. Exactly. Exactly. So dudes do crazy stuff. I mean, it just is what it is. But I will say this. As a 34-year-old man that's married with a son, Jameis Winston married, got two kids. I can tell you, man, there's nothing like... That changes you like having a wife, having some kids. When people are actually looking at you, looking at, at, at you as an example maker, the things that you're doing, it changes you. Some of the things that you may want to do, you may like, man, I don't want my son to be looking at me. Or I don't want my daughter to be looking at me like that. It changes you, man. So I'm not going to hold this dude accountable for some mistakes that he did back in the Jeep. What are you doing right now? What I see is a guy who... At the on in week seventeen of the twenty nineteen season, said I have what it takes to be the best quarterback of the league. All I have to do is get rid of some of these interceptions. And what I seen was a guy who took you know what I'm saying a million dollars and came to organization. What I seen was a guy who dropped thirty pounds and you know what I'm saying and got into the best shape of his life. Got with a whole bunch of different trainers, uh, like Jay Glazer and and, and you know what I'm saying and also Ty McGurkin you know what I'm saying um, Drew Brees old trainer. This seems like a guy to me who is trying to turn over a new leaf. Now you're entitled to your own opinion about what you feel about the guy that's on you. But once again, it goes back to the show I had previous, you're doing yourself a disservice. If you're not having an appreciation for the development and a growth of these players, you know what I'm saying? You're doing yourself a disservice. If you don't have an appreciation for the development of growth in your own life. So, for all those people out there that don't feel like a person can change, a person can develop. Think about your life. Think about some of the worst decisions that you made in your life, and just think about would you want a person to continuously hold you accountable for some of the mistakes that you made? Because some of us probably did worse than stole some crab leg. You know what I'm saying? Some of us did something worse. You know what I'm saying? Than some of the things that he was accused of doing. I'm just being one hundred but we had to ask for forgiveness and we wanted the world to look at us differently. So why not do this for this young man? That's all I'm saying. Anybody else have anything, we, anything else before we move on? Uh,
2: I want, I wanted to say something right quick, man. Yeah. Well,
0: what's the, what's the deal with everybody?
2: Well, not everybody, but some people comparing him to Aaron Brooks. I mean, is that more like a black, I mean, Aaron Brooks had, you know, he had a, a strong arm, but you know, his, his arm talent, it wasn't nowhere near Jameis. I mean, when, when Jameis is on point, Aaron Brooks on oh, tell wasn't like that. So I, I don't know what, what that comparison is coming. Is it just cause they're black and you know, Aaron Brooks did turn the ball over, you know, but I, I don't
0: see that comparison. Yeah. You know, him and Aaron Brooks. I don't need I don't need him. I can't answer that. I cannot answer that. Uh, Let's move on. Let's answer a few more questions. Then we'll uh, get up out of here. Kai says, I feel Peyton Turner is coming for Marcus Davenport's job. Uh, That don't seem like it's very hard to do. Uh, This is a make or break year for Mr. Can't Get Right (laughs) Davenport. Uh, If he can't stay healthy or make immediate impact, he can kick rocks. Well, look, here's the thing, Kai. Um, I'm I'm, I'm getting some Brandon Coleman vibes here because everybody's saying that Marcus Davenport is doing all the right things. He's coming in. It seems like he's asking more questions. According to Cam Jordan, the leader of the defensive line. Marcus Davenport, I I start with you on this one, Carly. Marcus Davenport, um, what are your thoughts on him? He gets a fifth-year option. Seems like the Saints want to give him one more chance to right the wrongs of his career that was plagued with injuries. And I don't want to call it disappointments, but uh, a lot to be desired. I say give it to him
1: because we know when he's healthy what he can do. We know how great of a player he is when he is healthy. So I say mm-hmm. I say give it to him because he's worth the shot. And also, I'm being just a tiny bit tired, biased because I live in San Antonio and I've met the guy two times in the HEB store. So <laughs> uh, seems like a pretty nice guy. I'm so happy he's letting the blonde hair go out because he definitely looked like Goku the last few times I've seen him. <laughs> but you know, on the most serious note, I just think that, I, I want him because I just, you you have, he's so good, y'all, when he's healthy that now that he is 100% healthy, I want to see what he can do, like, his mentality has changed, him learning the playbook has changed, he said he's reading more, he said that he's focusing more on his technique and how to get off the back feet and run faster, you know what I'm saying, like, He's working on things, that I just want to see that going to fruition because I know how good he can be when he's hundred percent. He's just he's have health issues, and even if he if he doesn't do well, I wouldn't want to cut him off the team. I just wouldn't pay him top dollar. But I really do want to see what this guy can do at his full potential because he he's he's a beast. We know he's good. He just mm-hmm. can't stay healthy long enough to show us all of what he can do.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I, I mean, he, he's good, but he leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, CB, there's a saying, they say he's hell when he's well, uh, but don't seem like he's really well a, as much. But uh, are you ready to uh, give up on Marcus Davenport as a pass rusher and um, going forward after this fifth year?
2: Well, we'll see. I mean, uh, just looking at um, Peyton Turner's numbers, you know, $12 million guaranteed, 6000000 million sign-up bonus, he gonna be playing somewhere, you know. <laughs> regardless of how his camp doing, he gonna be playing somewhere. He's not gonna be no, you know, one year, you know, red shirt guy. He gonna be playing. I mean, you know, he did have three years of playing the three at UH, you know, before he got shifted out to the end. So he may be the three in Davenport out I don't know, but as far as on Davenport's behalf, you know, he definitely gonna have some competition. So he got to step it up, and then my. You know, in my opinion, I believe that you know he was healthy a good part of the second half of the season. I believe he got healthy, and he just wasn't getting to the quarterback. Now they they came out with some numbers. I believe it was PFF. You know he was uh, he was top two or top three. You know with the most pressure QB pressure rates. But you know if if we're gonna judge him based off of that, we might as well say. You know, he played like a Jadavian Clowney because Clowney was, you know, getting a lot of pressure. But is we bring, did we bring him in? Did we move mm. up, you know, to, for him just to get pressure on the quarterback or did we pay him to bring the quarterback down? You know,
0: uh, look, I think what he does well is, 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 um, tackle behind the line of scrimmage when it comes to running backs. Uh, he did really good, you know what I'm saying? Setting the age his first year. Like he was ranked like one of the top uh, edge rushers when it comes to like run stop, but he never like transitioned second year. He got a little bit better. He started to like get a couple sacks. He was on a trajectory to like get double digit sacks, but he ended up uh, being out for the season. Third year. I don't know what the hell happened. I don't know what was going on with that. I mean, yeah, he like, he took about three steps back. I don't know what's going on with him. I mean, but at the end of the day, I'm not ready to give up on him just yet. Um, He's a freak of nature. <laughs> he, he has a lot of talent. He has a lot of ability. He has a lot of skills. I'm just hoping that he can just it can transition because I mean, look, we seen Trey Hendrickson get a bag when he was supposed to be the start. I'm talking Davenport. You know what I'm saying? You let a, you let another man get a whole bag off you because you couldn't hit the field and he was more productive than you. That that's a big no-no. Okay, Trey Hendrickson was a third round pick. Could have been a first round pick if he would have stayed out of trouble. I just want to throw that out there. He got in trouble in college, which the reason why he ended up being a third-round pick, but now he's getting paid in, in Cincinnati. So can't always judge a guy on his pass. But anyway, um, you look at a guy like Peyton Turner, Tano passing a guy who, to me, could be a starter on anybody's team, could have been a starter out there in Kansas City, uh, you know what I'm saying, but they decided they wanted to go in a different direction. So there's a lot of guys coming in that could take his job. So he has got to be careful. He has got to be, he, he got to stay healthy, man. He got to stay healthy. I mean, look, you play all, I mean, you know what, you was going to your third year or something like that, if I'm mistaken, and you play in your first playoff game. The team has made the playoffs every single year you've been in the league, and that was your first playoff game last year. That's, that's insane, man. So, man, hopefully, man, hopefully he can stay healthy. Because if he does, to me, I think he's going to be extremely productive. Uh Davenport, he's a beast, all right. Ain't nobody scared of Davenport. When Cam Jordan was kicking out uh the game against the Chiefs, was not that Davenport uh the Chiefs went after? Yeah, yeah, it was. It, it was. And that, that's something I said. I said, I don't know what happened. He was sitting the like I don't know what uh, a couple of years back, but I I can tell you one game in particular, and I've said this before on this show. It was a game against the Minnesota Vikings. It was the same game where uh when Alvin Kamara ran for six touchdowns. If you looked at the first half of that game, Delvin Cook was beasting and he was running to the left side. It got so bad in the second half. If you notice, Cam Jordan flipped from the right to the left. And that's when they started to neutralize uh, Delvin Cook. It it was bad, man. Like, I was like, what is going on? It's like every time that he ran to the right, he'll probably get one or two yards. He run to the left side. He getting chunks of yards. And I don't look. I don't know if it's something going on with his confidence. I mean, he don't seem like the type of guy, you know. That's the rah rah guy. You know, guys get sacks and they got their little celebrations. You know, he get a sack. It's like, man, let me get back to this huddle. It, it doesn't seem like to me he's wired like you see most defensive ends. Like some of those guys, man, you gotta have a screw loose. It seems like to me he doesn't have that. I don't know. He doesn't have that edge, man. Like, like I don't know. He just like he's a technique. I, I just feel like you gotta be.
1: He He gotta be a dog, man. He actually said in his interview from yesterday, he actually mentioned exactly what you're talking about. Devonport did. He said that his confi he's he's worked on his confidence this offseason. He was. He said that he know he can do it. He just don't know why it's just not showing up. And so, oh oh my god.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry. But he definitely, oh, was he
1: definitely feels the same. He felt the same way that you feel about about his mentality, and because he talked about it on, in his um his mini camp interviews about how he worked on that a lot this offseason, his confidence and just knowing that he can do it and just go out there and do it. Like he know he can do it. He just don't know why it's not showing up. So he hmm. worked. He he said that that was something he worked on a lot.
0: Yeah. and hopefully, now hopefully he do man. Cody seemed like he ever been dead against uh, James. Nobody judging him on his past. The dude just been making bad decisions in his private life and on the field. He has to prove he can rise up. Anybody can practice with third string and watch him. A lot of the decisions. I, I don't. I don't know. Uh, man, look, a man not running for president of the United States. This man trying to be a quarterback, and a lot of the like he he hasn't made any bad decisions as a pro. Like even they, like everything that he got suspended for, like the the situation he got suspended for happened when he was at Florida State. you know what I'm? like it, he he did he has done absolutely nothing in, in when he as as a pro. But like he got suspended guy, for what happened at Florida State.
1: I guarantee you, this guy Chris, who keeps complaining about Jameis Winston's private life, I guarantee you, when Drew Brees came out and said what he said, and everybody was on his ass about it. I bet you that guy Chris was all with Drew Brees, stood up for Drew Brees. Drew don't need to apologize for that. I agree with him one hundred percent. I guarantee <laughs> you, he's that kind of guy that did just that. Like, no, you, you, if we won't judge somebody up for their private, like, let's. You don't know what Drew Brees was doing behind closed doors. As a matter of fact, you do know because he showed his ass on on TV, mm. and everybody mm-hmm. looked past it. But guess what? They still praised him for it when he retired.
0: Mm. Yep. Like, let's I mean, not, it, let's,
1: not let's, let's not do that.
0: All I'm saying is if this man come out here and start beasting, I just want people to keep that same energy they had when they were talking about this man wasn't the answer. That's that's all I'm saying. Keep that same energy. Uh, I'm one of the people that's skeptical on Davenport, but I also believe that Peyton Turner is just the person Davenport needs alongside him in that locker room. Not just because of on the field potential. Look, I just think that Davenport needs to worry about himself. Like, Look, right, man, nobody can't hold your hand, man. This ain't Sesame Street. You know what I'm saying? This ain't preschool. You you have <laughs> to be able to like like this is Invictus, you know what I'm saying? Anybody ever uh heard the poem Invictus? They say, you know what I'm saying, I'm the master of my fate, I'm the captain of my soul. All these people, I need just got to do an interview with me. That was wrong with Camara. Uh uh Michael Thomas ain't got no number two, like bump all that. Look, you decide your own fate, you decide the type of player that you want to be, okay. There's no if, ands, or maybe about it. They gave you the fifth-year option. You have an opportunity to put yourself in a market to make some elite money, rather it's with the Saints or somebody else, and you and nobody is going to hold your hand with it. And this is this is a result-driven league. Man, you can have all the skills and all the ability as you want to, but at the end of the day, if you can't translate to the field or you ain't out here on the field, ain't nobody gonna give you nothing, you know what I'm saying? So man it's put up a shut up time for this dude man like for real like I like Davenport I, I think that he's extremely athletic I seen flashes but man it ain't it, t- looking at flashes that those days over man like you you look at flashes when they rookie I see flashes you see flashes when you rookie when you're in your third or fourth year people need to know who you are and we're going into we going to what his fourth year I don't know who the hell he is I mean I don't know who he is do y'all know I, I don't know who he is I know that he's a very soft-spoken guy, is tall and athletic, but that's about it. And I'm still asking questions about who Davenport is, and, and going into what his fourth season. That's a big no-no, man. It, it's put up a shut-up time. And, and I, I mean, I, I want him to succeed, but man, all that hand-holding and man, it, it's time out for that, man. Like, dude, you you are you going into like, man, you going into the deep parts of your your career, and people are starting to look at you like you're in bus territory. And the Saints gave up a lot for this dude. Like they gave up a first round pick for this dude. You know what I'm saying? With Green Bay. I mean, I don't know, man. And it, it only looks worse. And this is the last thing I say. This don't th- it only looks worse because of who we could have got <laughs> if we didn't draft him. Everybody thought we was getting Lamar Jackson. And what has Lamar Jackson went on and done? One league MVP. So a- every time he, he he sits on on the off, uh, he's off the field or he in the, in a tub, so to speak. People looking at that, man, we could have got Lamar, man. We could have had Lamar and could have been over and done with. So I don't know. Uh, let's, re- I'm gonna read, we're gonna read two more. Uh, T Dirty says, If I wanted to see flashes out by a camera, I want to see a beast. I'm with you, TJ. I, I, I ain't lying about that. Uh, and Johnny says, Who's the number two starting defensive tackle? That's a very good question. I'm gonna have to go. Well, I'll just take, I'll just see what y'all got to say and then we'll just wrap it up there. I'll start with you, CB. Uh who do you see? We know that David Yamada is the one at the at the interior lineman position. Who do you think is gonna be the number two defensive tackle in a in a four three of the New Orleans Saints? I believe I believe
2: Peyton Turner got a shot. I mean, I, I don't know it. Like, you still we, we got we shot and you still got Malcolm
0: Yeah. Roach, uh, yeah.
2: Oh, one of them could be starting. If if I would go with one of them, I think um, I think Malcolm Roach. I I, I would go with Malcolm Roach. But but Devon, some somebody, I don't I don't know their vision. You know, with with Peyton Turner, is they gonna play him inside? I mean, or is they gonna? Has Devonport lost his position? I just don't see. Davenport gonna be, I believe he gonna be out there, and Peyton Turner gonna be out there. So, I mean, somebody gonna have to get inside. I don't know if if they plan on doing it that way, or it's just Davenport. He done lost his position, or they just gonna battle it out, him and Turner. But um, if if it ends up like that, they just battle it out on the ends. I think I go with Malcolm Roach getting inside. Yeah, he definitely showed some flashes. Shot Tuggle was solid as well, but Malcolm Roach was getting back there to the quarterback and, and was a hell of a run stopper. Yeah, sure. So I'll I, I go with Malcolm Roach.
0: Yeah, yeah, they both stepped up. Um, Phil, thank you very much for the 499. dollars uh, Says, go, pur- he, uh, go purchase the Aunt Carly <laughs> Who That Nation chat line teas and delicious cakes on her website. She's goated. So they're saying, you're the goat. Uh, of them cakes you you know what i'm saying cake goat in the building uh uh, i'll be ripping them uh thank you very much for the two dollars to read my comment this is a match made in heaven uh yeah i'll be ripping them thank you very much for the two dollars i appreciate that i don't know if you had a comment let me see uh i'll be ripping them said this girl's so fine she makes me consider not talking about my farts in front of her So I'll be ripping them who's a regular on the State of Saints podcast. Uh always had jokes with uh fratulence, uh you know <laughs> on, on the show, always uh good for some fart humor. Uh so yeah, you're making him want to change his life, Carly, apparently. Okay. <laughs> so, but uh question, okay, defensive tackle, Carly. Uh who you see, uh Malcolm Roach, uh, you I'm, know. I'm, I'm staying in Texas, baby.
1: Malcolm mm-hmm.
0: Roach. <laughs> Yeah, Malcolm Roach is is an incredible uh guy. I mean, tackle, man. He he was good when he was at Texas. I watched him quite a bit, a lot of Big 12 football. You know, I, I watched him play. And yeah, he played wow. really good. And he played really good in that first game versus Tampa, man. I mean, he was standing out and he had a few games when Malcolm Brown was down and he came in uh, you know, in flashes. I mean, man, he really showed some stuff. Him and Carl Grandison, I have to say, you have to be on the lookout for it because oh, yeah. every time they hit the field, you knew they was out there. Yeah. yeah so you know th- those were recognizable guys uh but i want to say thank you all for checking out the state of the saints podcast and i want to thank uh cb and carly from the who that nation chat line for being a special guest here on the state of the saints podcast and uh before uh, you all go uh let everybody know how they can get in touch with you uh, cb i'll start with you
2: oh um y'all can definitely check us out on um the youtube page twitter page and facebook page um we are a passionate group of saints fans that just love to talk saints football. And we want to thank um, TJ for letting us on the show, TJ. man, he's definitely um taking this podcast. He have running away with it, you know, look up to him, man, with this podcast. And, you know, he just said he, he inspires me to, you know, do better on this podcast. You know, he's inspired other people. This is tuned in. I see, um I seen B and G podcast. Oh, shout out to Aaron. You know, he said he's been inspired by T.J. to start a podcast. So just want to, you know, tell T.J., man, you're doing a hell of a job, man. And you got people looking up to you, man, you know, inspiring us to, you know, do better, you know, start something. And and it can, you know, blossom. So, man, appreciate you for, you know, letting us come on. Yeah, no problem,
0: man. I appreciate y'all for being here. How the hell am I supposed
1: to come up with something after that digitation? (laughs) No, man, in all seriousness, TJ, man, thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. You know, I we got the same vision, man. We just two kids out of New Orleans out the night while trying to talk yep. same sports. You know what I'm saying? No. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Thank you, for, thank you for having me. It's been an honor. And for all of y'all, thank y'all for rocking with us. We've seen y'all. And buy the shirts, y'all, it's wdnchatline.bigcartel.com for shirts, pecan candies, cakes, Whatever y'all need, we got y'all. We got y'all sweet tooth, and we have a Father's Day giveaway. Y'all go to my uh, Twitter page at JustPrettyCarly and enter if y'all have a diehard father who's a big Saints fan, so they can be entered into our Father's Day giveaway. You're gonna get some popcorn candy, some sweets, a T-shirt. So y'all go enter y'all fathers. I don't want them. I promise. It's gonna be just for the for the for the giveaway. <laughs>
0: Yeah, hey, well, I mean, look, you, you all are doing an outstanding job on the Who That Nation Chat line. Uh, WD, uh, who, who's not here, I mean, he, he does an outstanding job with you all as well. You all keep up the good work, man. And that's, wh- that's what it's all about, man. It's about growing. You know, like we all, you know what I'm saying? We all have something to add to the table, you know what I'm saying? And they all bring to the table. And I just think that, you know, as a community, if we rally around each other, we all can get to where we need to be. And um, you know, everybody that's inspired to do a, a podcast, rather you watch Who That Nation chat line, stay of the Saints podcast, uh, Black and Gold Breakdown, or whatever podcast you check out. I mean, just do it with all the love and the passion that you have. Uh Carla already alluded to it and we talked uh before we got started. I mean, we're just uh, you know, from the nine war, you know what I'm saying? I'm born and raised in New Orleans, passionate about the New Orleans Saints. And I love my team, man. I love my city. So Thank you all so much uh, for being here. Thank you all for being here on the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, Before you go, go ahead and give your boy a golden thumbs up. You know what I'm saying? Not a a thumbs up, but a golden thumbs up. Let everybody know that you enjoy the State of the Saints podcast. Also, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Also, subscribe to the WDN chat line as well, man. Go over, you know, once this is over, go ahead and put that search in, Who That Nation, WDN chat line. Go ahead and subscribe to that channel too, man. Y'all know what y'all are missing. I mean, good content over there, fun times, Uh, man, just great breakdown, great phone calls, everything that you need, man. Go ahead and check it out. CB, Carly, WD doing a really good job. Um, Really do appreciate it. Previous episodes of the State of the Saints podcast on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. It is presented by Manscaped.com. Use the promo code State of Saints. Save 20% on your purchase. Till next time, all I got to say is, who that?